Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and Dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. This episode originated from Used Car Week 2023 in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a panel discussion titled Top Used Car Strategies from Some of the Best CPO Dealers. It features B. Miller of Cars.com, Nate Myers from the Suns Auto Group, and Mark Riley from Rick Case Automotive Group. Let's get right to the panel discussion. My name is Nick Solovich, part of the team at, at Cherokee Media Group, and very uh, privileged to be able to share a conversation with our distinguished group, which uh, includes uh, B. Miller, the Vice President of and OEM Advertising with Cars.com, part of the newly minted Cars Commerce uh, family of companies. Nate Myers, who is the Used Vehicle Director with Sons Auto Group, and Mark Riley, the COO of the Rick Case Automotive Group. And gentlemen, we'll, we'll start with the, the two dealer operators on our panel. Uh, Nate, we'll go to you first, and then Mark, your, your thoughts as well. As, as the topic and title of our, of our conversation is CPO, uh, just uh, a basic fundamental question for your respective dealerships and dealer groups, what does certified mean to your operation? How crucial of a component is it to the entire business? Uh, the day-to-day, in-and-out, walking the blacktop <laughs> part of, of your business, the, the certified division. Nate, we'll begin with you and then mark your thoughts. So I think the certified CPO sales the one big thing is everybody wins in the store. So the front end of the store wins, the back end of the store. It's an opportunity for your parts and service department, which everybody knows you retain more income there, to have an opportunity to car, and then it helps your sales department. One big thing that we've noticed this year, and I was looking into it today at one of our stores, is you know now that interest rates are up, floor plan expenses obviously gone up with that. The big thing is how do you turn your cars faster? And everybody sometimes is focused on how quick can you get them through service, which is very important. But there's also the turn time. If you go back and analyze your inventory, how fast do your CPO cars sell? How fast do your non-CPO cars sell? And how fast do your same brand non-CPO sell? And I, I looked at it at one of our stores today, and our turn time on CPO cars at that store is 20 days. Our turn time on same brand that we did not CPO is 30 days, and then non-product used cars turn times 33, which I think is a pretty good job if you can be at 30 or less. That's ideal, but the big benefit to the store is when you keep these cars, like I said, every department wins, and then you're also offering a good product to the consumer. Excellent, congratulations on, on those numbers. That's, that's some sterling performance there, excellent. Mark, your, your thoughts, what, is, what does certified mean to you and your shop? Well, I think to add with what Nate said is that the obvious, the uh, fixed operations income and recon is a lot more uncertified, so it really feeds the whole beast and, and really um, helps, helps with service and, and the sales end. But I think 
COVID opened up the eyes to certified more than ever with not having any new car inventory to sell. We all got really good at being creative. That's what car guys do. And I think that uh, we reinvented the certification program. And I think that um, um, some of us embraced it probably more than others, but I think that we saw a huge value of not having new car inventory, put a lot of efforts in, and, um, and uh, personnel into acquiring those um, certified cars and really did a good job. So I think it just changed the whole game in the certified end. So. Very good, very good. We'll be turn, turn to you next as, as uh, your job title indicates. Uh, conversing with OEMs is a, is a regular part of, of your dialogue and, and certainly and justifiably so the new models that the automakers push out uh, garner a bit of their attention but from the certified part of their business what have you seen as far as uh, perhaps a greater emphasis by, by the factories for their certified programs how have you seen that trajectory unfold? We're certainly seeing it grow and I think everyone in this room can attest to the to the value of CPO. Um, comments earlier, we talked about the affordability conversation. Consumers are looking for more for their dollars right now. And I think this really presents itself as a win-win-win. As a the consumer is getting tremendous value. These vehicles are holding their value longer. Um, the dealer is able to bring a consumer in. Nate was saying, you know, uh, they're seeing them with, with higher turn rate. They're making more gross on these consumers that are coming in. Perhaps they're coming in for service. And that's, that's a, a tremendous value to the dealer uh, for their operations. But then also the OEM, they're able to see that consumer, perhaps bring them in uh, sooner, uh, earlier in the phase of buying. This might be their first vehicle. Gives them an experience of buying at that dealership with that brand, and then they can keep them. Perhaps they can upgrade to a new car. Or in our studies, we see that CPO shoppers are very satisfied with their vehicle. And so they're often likely to recommend certified to a family or a friend. Um, and so we think that's a huge win it's for all consumers, for the dealer operators and the OEMs. Um, and, so, and, and primarily that lifetime value of how can, we get, how can we bring that consumer into the brand earlier and what other revenue streams do we find there, whether it's through finance, um, how do we keep them brand loyal? That's something that's really important to OEMs right now is keeping them within the brand. And we think CPO is a great um, opportunity for that. Well, each of you have uh, reiterated and, and the firmly established value, as you, as you mentioned, of the certified uh, vehicle. Uh, Mark, go back to you, and, and then Nate as well. Finding those vehicles that can be part of your certified inventory, uh, perhaps not without uh, revealing too many group secrets, but just from, from the general uh, perspective of finding those vehicles, being able to procure them, be it whatever strategies there might be, private party purchases, harvesting the service drive, what have you, uh, what's it been like day in and day out to try to find inventory that can be certified? Mark, well, to you and then to Nate. I think going back to the beginning of, of COVID too, and even 2021 and 2022 became very difficult because our dealerships especially are in a high lease market. And as we know, everybody was not turning their normal leases in, they were buying their leases because they had you know, upwards of $10,000 in uh, fake equity, I guess if you want to call it that. And so we weren't getting the opportunities to get those, those cars that we normally got. So, we, so our dealer group especially put a lot of efforts 
um, and, our, and, and, and our resources into our vehicle exchange at the department, which is our vehicle, our uh, service drive sales. And we really went hardcore and, and really, uh, because again, during the COVID times too, a lot of people were uh, working from home. They didn't need another car. So we were acquiring cars that we normally wouldn't acquire, that people would just trade and get another car in. They were actually selling them to us. And then only going, you know, being in a one-car family on them for a while. So we would just try to do everything we possibly could to acquire all those vehicles, and that seemed to be the best um, fit for us. Absolutely, Nate. At at your group, what's what's it been like trying to find cars that could perhaps be certified? Well, I, I think I agree with Mark, where he said, you know, when you had three years ago, you could bank on so many lease returns each month, you know that you were gonna ground that car, that person was gonna go into a lease, and that, that pretty much disappeared. And we obviously invested in harvesting, you know, the service drive in that, but the other issue with that is you harvest your service drive, but if you don't have a new car to offer the consumer, that, that made that part challenging. So what it did for us was we really had to expand on the horizon of buying consumer cars, trying to find the people that were okay being a one-car household, but also opening your mind up to where you were buying cars. So, you know, if a lot of places I feel like are very central minded that, hey, I'm gonna buy at this auction, this auction, I'm not going more than 200 miles away from where I'm at. We had to really open our mind up and with my job being a used car director was, I needed to find auctions that we weren't doing business with. It didn't matter if they were three or four states away, if the car made sense and it was something that you knew you could tell, if you knew you were gonna turn that car in two to three weeks, you had to maybe give up some of your margin because you were paying extra for transportation, but to get that car there. So if it worked, we would go, I mean, we, were, we opened up going out a thousand miles from the store to get cars. Now, obviously that wasn't what we wanted to do. And we tried to find stuff closer, but I looked at it, if we could buy two or three cars from one place that we weren't buying from before, find another place, buy two or three, and just help supplement it that way. So just being open-minded. Absolutely, as the, the cliche goes, drastic times call for, call for drastic measures, it, it would appear. Uh, B, back to, back to you, again, through the, the prism of, of the factory uh, viewpoint, uh, some automakers have, have tried different strategies uh, to expand their certified programs, be it modifying uh, the year, the mileage, e even going out a step further, uh, perhaps it's not their badge on, on the grill and they're, and they're deciding to, to certify. What, what do you see as the, the positives and negatives of, of implementing that strategy to, to help operators like Mark and Nate and, and the other dealers who might be in the room to, to have their ro certified inventory be more robust? Yeah, you're, you're certainly seeing the expansion of these programs, and um, there are a lot of OEMs that are doing a great job. They're, they're taking feedback from their operators, they're, they're face to face with the customer every day, finding out what those customers want, and then working that into the programs. So earlier phases of this, you saw um, certified programs that were really looking at one to two year vehicles and, and making a difference between the three to four year old vehicles. Now you're starting to see expansion in the other way of older vehicles, um, Broader, broader coverage of the miles, maybe not as extensive of, of warranty, but I think that's giving, again, consumers and dealers a choice. Um, it's giving them flexibility to compete, and so whether you're having, um, uh, maybe it's, it's, it's warranty coverage that's competing with a national uh, brand like such as Carvana or CarMax, you're wanting, you're wanting to bring in um, 
a program that can compete on price that has, that has the quality of, of that vehicle of their brand and then also leverage the network of their dealership, right? You're talking about uh, some of these OEMs that have thousands of stores. Why not leverage the size of your network to show consumers, look, we can, we can put a warranty on this vehicle, we can bring you in, we can service you, we can bring you into our brand, and we're willing to perhaps in some cases put that uh, warranty on a vehicle that we don't manufacture. So I think our role, we're seeing that in the marketplace. We've seen a variety of phases here, and as affordability becomes a topic, the OEMs and the dealers are going to constantly innovate to find something that fits the consumer's needs. What we see in the, in the space that we're playing at Cars.com and at Cars Commerce is how do we educate consumers? How do we make sure that they understand the difference between some of these warranty programs that are offered? How do we make sure that um, something that's got an extended 10-year, you know, 100,000 mile warranty, that that stands out to a consumer and that they understand the value of that versus a, a vehicle that's going to give them you know, 1,000 miles of coverage. Uh, there's a difference there and we think our role is to make that those vehicles stand out, to educate the consumer and then let them, them make uh, the decision. So certainly we're working with a lot of OEMs on the different programs and again it all comes back to what kind of value can we bring to these consumers, how can we keep them within our brand. Um, and, and it's pretty exciting because we're seeing the expansion of these programs not just uh, on the pre-owned side with a traditional ICE vehicle, now you're starting to see this happen on the, with, with electric vehicles. That's a completely different warranty. And so a lot of the brands are continuing to learn there from one another. And again, it goes back to what does a consumer want? How do we innovate and how do we provide something to educate the consumer and give them what they need? Absolutely. Well, certainly in light of what each of you have shared, the potential headwinds that might be in play. Uh, nonetheless, certified sales have been just as strong, if not stronger, uh, than they've ever been in, in light of circumstances. Nate, we'll go back to you and then, and then mark your perspectives as well. Just how, how have groups like, like yours and the dealer community kept certified sales robust. How satisfying is it that the industry as a whole has been able to maintain the certified momentum uh, despite all the elements that, that you all have articulated? Nate, your thoughts and then Mark as well. I think it was important for the, the dealerships, the franchise stores, to be able to offer a reliable product that you could stand behind during a time that there wasn't the new car availability. So you still had consumers that were going to go into the marketplace and, you know, buying a car, you had people, some people that were used to buying new cars because they like the peace of mind on it. So the dealerships that I think maintained their CPO programs and didn't give up on it and fought harder to maintain it during this time are only going to come out ahead in the long term. I mean, every vehicle you sell, every car you put in operation, you can't put a price tag on that customer. And if, and if that brings that customer into your brand because you were strong, as a dealership, it brings you into the it brings them into the brand, but it also brings them them into your family. So they know your name, and if they have a good experience and you offer them a good product, the next time they go to get a car, they're going to think about you. They're going to tell their neighbor, right? If they're in a conversation that, hey, normal, my kid graduated college, there weren't a lot of new cars available, but I bought a, you know, a new CPO car, and it actually had bank finance programs on it, and they felt good about it. The next question is usually, hey, where'd you buy it? <laughs> right. So I, I think everybody who stuck hard with this the last two to three years, it's going to bear a lot of fruit long term for them because the dividends are going to pay out as those people re-enter the market down the road. And again, you're just building your brand for the manufacturer, but also as a dealership. Yeah, dividends. That's a that's a great word, Mark. Your your thoughts too. 
Yeah, so I think what uh, gave the CPO programs a shot in the arm was strictly that people were just glad to get a car. I hate to say it, but that's, but that's reality. And a lot of those cars were CPOs. Um, the manufacturers didn't have a lot of new car inventory. I know I keep talking about that, but so they put a lot of incentives and a lot of, and a lot of focus um, on the CPOs, which a lot of these OEMs prior to that, it was all new car. It was all new car, you know, a push. And so they realized that. On a flip side too, a lot of dealerships realized that they could do their own certified program. If the manufacturers didn't have a good program or they didn't increase the warranty, if they didn't give you an extra year or they, or they didn't subvent any rates, then you can kind of do your own uh, dealership on the certified program and make it a, you know, exclusive to your own. And it really, it really sold a lot of value in the customer's eyes. And especially now, I mean, people are looking for the cheapest payments. I mean, it's just, <laughs> they can't afford these cars anymore. And I just, you know, you know, interest rates aren't coming down anytime soon. New car prices are still going up every single month. It seems like there's still price increases left and right. And so um, we have to look at options for customers for affordability. And I think the certified program has, has brought that on people. And I think it's really going to educate people in the long term. I think that the retention is great for the, uh, you know, for the dealerships like, like Nate said, I mean, you know, their next car is going to be probably a new car. So if they're looking at a CPO, now their next car is going to be a new car, and hopefully it's going to be with, you know, either the Rick Case group or the Suns group. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be with that same OEM, and I think it's really going to just, I think it really um, forces the retention up there high. So. Yeah, it's certainly the, the case. We've, we've just uh, began uh, Used Car Week, but that affordability component has, mm -hmm. has resonated often uh, throughout the conversations that have already been, been had. Uh, B, back, back to you. Uh, again, back to the, the factory well of, of, of conversation. Uh, through that prism, <clears throat> talked about their uh, robust certified program, but, but other levers that they can pull that might be associated with advertising or incentives through uh, their captive finance company. How do you see the, the OEMs pull, pulling those respective levers to, to make the certified units that, that Nate or, or Mark or whomever might be in the room ha have, in their, have on their blacktop to, to make it even more appealing? What, what do you see from the... Sure the factory is doing in that part. I think, there, well, what's the great news for everyone in this room is that there's more attention on CPO, I think, than there ever has been. And so that's really encouraging for everyone here. Um, they're looking to figure out what, how can we simplify this? How can we simplify the technology that's being used? And how can we make sure that we have a consistent experience, whether the consumer is on a marketplace, whether they're on a tier three dealer's website, or they're on a tier one automotive manufacturing website? How can we make sure that the trade-in offer is the same, that the finance offer is the same, that, that they're having a consistent experience so that it's frictionless when they actually get to that last mile of, of the purchase. And so OEMs are working with us right now to figure out how do we leverage technology to, to, to bring that experience to consumers. So regardless of where they're at, they see the captive finance offer, they see the, the consistent trade-in offer, the guaranteed, and, and that gives consumers confidence. So we're working with a lot of the OEMs on the technology side to power that for their sites and for their, their, um, the tier three sites as well. Um, but then also, yeah, certainly on the, on the advertising side, 
there is traditional display advertising across media that we think audience is really important to not disrupt consumers. Consumers don't want to be disrupted. Go watch teenagers and 20-year-olds and see what their attention span is. <laughs> Nobody wants to be disrupted. We think there is a lot of power behind when, where relevant advertising. So when that consumer is looking for what they're looking for, when they're looking for it, that is going to have more impact than, than anything else you can try to do to disrupt them. And so we're working with brands to make sure that they're able to get their message when and where it matters. Um, and so that consistent messaging, leveraging technology to have that consistent experience, we think that's really important. And we, we think, again, that this is just going to make the experience for consumers simple, and it's going to just amplify the results that we have for all of our manufacturers and all of the Tier 3 dealers um, on their websites or the Tier 1 websites. Excellent. Well, we, while we have the, the attention of our, of our gathering here at, at Used Car Week, that's, that's very much appreciated. And as, as we round out our, our time together, Mark, we'll, we'll go back to you and then we'll just work our way uh, back down the panel. Uh, Nate and, and B will we'll round us out. Um, safe to say 2023 has been a, a good to excellent year in the, in the certified markets. Uh, what do you see as, as the ingredients to, to make 2024 uh, a successful one for, for dealerships, for automakers in, in the certified space? What elements need to come together or, or challenges that uh, need to be addressed to, to make sure certified stays on a, on a positive trajectory? Mark, we'll begin with you and then we'll just work our way down the panel. So my biggest fear is that now that new car inventories are coming back and a lot more support now is being thrown into the new car side that these OEMs haven't done for quite a while, we're going to lose a little bit of that, of that uh, pizzazz with the uh, CPO programs. I don't think they're going to incentivize it as much. They're going to have to throw as much of their incentive dollars as they can into the new car side, especially as day supply creeps up as it's already creeping up for most of us, so on the new car franchise side. Um, but um, the CPO program, I mean, to B's point is that, you know, we've seen more um, digital ads for CPOs than we ever have in our lifetime over the last three years. I mean, you know, I mean, you just never did that. Now, the OEMs put no money into, into, the, CD, you know, into the CPO advertising space, and, and, we, and they did over the last three years because they had to because they couldn't advertise anything else. So I think that's going to help a lot. And I think from a new car franchise standpoint, I think a lot of the uh, dealers see a lot of value in the CPO program. So it's going to be probably more up to us to keep it alive as much as it is the OEMs because the OEMs are going to sell new cars. That's what they do. <laughs> they're going to sell new cars, and they're not going to stop, and, and their incentive spend is really, really going to be geared in that space. So it's going to be up to us to keep the thing going. So Ma maintaining that balance, the new car department versus the used yep. car department. Yep. <laughs> Nate. Yep. So I agree with Mark 100% that you're not going to have the assistance from the OEMs that you've had the last few years where they're putting some money towards those programs. I, I think it's going to fall a lot on the dealership. But if, if you've done a good job embracing it and you've educated your sales staff on the benefits of the program, and you've also reaped the benefits in your service and parts departments of the strong program, you don't want to give that, that gross up. So you're probably going to have to get creative with some why buy, right? You're going to have to maybe spend a little money on your own, on your websites of educating the consumer on the benefits of it. And some of it can be confusing because you have 
regular CPO, this program, this program, but I think because of where interest rates are, and I'm sure they're going to be elevated, the affordability comes in. So taking advantage of that, I think you're going to really see a, a spread still on the pricing part of CPO versus getting the new car. So you're going to be able to drive business you know, yourself, getting behind it, and just believing in the program. Absolutely. Believing in the program, very well said. Uh, hmm. B. Miller, the, the last word. I think that uh, CPO is going to be here for a while getting a lot of attention. I think affordability is always an interesting topic. It doesn't matter what interest rates are. It just happens to be elevated right now, and there just happens to be an elevated focus on affordability right now. But I think consumers always are looking for value. Um, look, we see 27 million unique people on our website, on our marketplace, every single month. Only about 5% of them initially search for certified. There's a big education gap. Consumers aren't aware that certified is, a, is an option. And so we think that that is one of our jobs as a marketplace is to educate consumers, bring that, bring that information front and center to them to help them understand what is the difference between these programs. And then they will see the value of what's, out, what's being offered. Um, a critical step that needs to take place is that it's a consistent message and so that we're seeing consumers not get confused, um, it, th that really is going to be a balance between what is the OEM saying, how are we presenting it to consumers across the marketplace, and then ultimately, again, it goes back to that last mile of, of the buying experience. At the dealership, do we have experts with a great reputation that understand the certified programs, maybe the several tiers of certified programs, and really help give that consumer peace of mind? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, every CPO shopper that we survey, that is one of the biggest things they're looking for is peace of mind. They want to know that they can drive off of this vehicle. They're the most research-heavy consumer that we see. So they've done a lot of time and investment in this in their research, and they want peace of mind that this vehicle is going to last and that they bought from a reputable operator. And so um, I think it's going to be here for a while. Uh, but yeah, it's up, it's up to all of us to make sure that it's getting its due attention. Because again, it goes back to we have very loyal CPO buyers. They come back for service. They recommend CPO higher than almost any category. So that's a, it's an important seed to cultivate. Certified pre-owned, a, a great history and a bright future. <laughs> Mark Riley with Rick Case Automotive Group. Nate Myers with Sons Auto Group and B. Miller with Cars.com, part of the Cars Commerce family of companies. Please, a round of appreciation for our collection of certified pre-owned experts. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast that originated from Used Car Week 2023 in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes. Or simply subscribe through whichever platform you get your podcasts. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites, Joe Overby, and Andy Freelander, as well as our fantastic executive producer, Matt Rice, I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Supercharge your deal-building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and Dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today.